Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Hello everyone and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, but not as you know it. If you're listening in, it might sound a little bit out of the ordinary. If you're watching, it just looks like me sitting in a hotel room alone, because that's exactly what this is. We are now several days into Journey Across Japan, and it's going pretty well. If you've been watching along, uh, I think we've got the first two or three videos up already, and it has been fun. I'm going to talk a little bit about what's been going on, uh, but this is going to be a shorter episode than usual for the simple reason that, that I'm alone in a hotel room. And when you do a podcast with one person, it's not so much a podcast as a emotional monologue. And we don't want that. Nobody deserves that. Uh, I hope I don't look too rough. Time has not been kind to me. The last few days have been kind of full on. We have traveled across, I think, Tokyo, Fukushima, Tochigi. Today we went across uh, bits of Fukushima in the north with Ryotaro. And uh, yeah, it's been good. There's a there's a point when doing like a project like Journey Across Japan where regret starts to uh, seep in, and uh, we're not at that point yet. Though I am like quite tired, <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun, and I think and I hope and I pray that the team are as well. Uh, and hopefully, if you've watched along on the second episode, you've met the team as well uh, of incredible folks making this all possible. So I'm going to talk a bit about Journey Across Japan, what's going on and the sort of things you can look forward to, and uh, have a bit of a catch-up, really. So, yeah, apologies again. I think the next few podcast episodes will be an interview or a chat with one of the guests who will be joining us as well. So it won't just be me depressed in a hotel room alone. Although I'm not depressed. I'm happy. I'm fired up. I've got my coffee. Anything is possible. Uh, but if you've been watching along, you'll have seen that we bought a K-car. And uh, I, you know, I haven't bought a car in a long time, let alone a K car that looks like it might fall apart at any moment. I'm astonished that you can get a K car as nice as this uh, Nissan Mocha or Mocco for the price we paid for it, to be honest. Everyone who's rode in it so far, uh, Natsuki and Ryotaro, they've all been sort of like amazed. They see it and they go, why the fuck did you, why did you buy this? Why have you got this? And then they get inside and they kind of go, oh, actually, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good value for money. And then they sit next to me shoulder to shoulder for an hour or two and they start to hate it again. Because it is very intimate when you're in a K car. You are touching shoulders with the driver, with the passenger. But uh, I really like it. I, I know I've uh, lamented K cars. And in a recent video with Connor, we went to the island of Oshima. 
And there's a scene where we get a gay car and I rant about them, how I think they're bad and they're dangerous. Uh, and I do maintain, uh, God forbid, if you have an accident in a gay car, it's not going to end well for anybody involved, uh, least of all the people in the car. Because it is so small, the bonnet, the front of it, is a joke. Like, if you crash in a gay car, pancakes, you're going to be pancakes, but let's not think about that. Uh, luckily, even with Natsuki and Ryotaro at the wheel, it's been pretty good so far. Although there was a bit of driving today with Rotaro where I wasn't so happy. Uh, the man drives very fast. And yeah, <laughs> other than that, it's been great. Certainly when it's windy, though, don't be in a K car. You do kind of feel the whole thing moving and it kind of throws you off balance. But what else have we been up to, though? In the last few days, we've had uh, two or three episodes out. The first episode, we bought the K car and drove to Kinagawa Onsen. Now, Kinagawa Onsen is somewhere that I've always wanted to go. Uh, ever since I saw, as I mentioned in the video, the uh, the articles about this sort of post-apocalyptic uh, wasteland or whatever, which I think, in hindsight, was a bit unfair. Um, but Kinagawa, time hasn't been kind to Kinagawa. It was a very popular hot spring town. The 1980s did really well. And then the economic bubble sort of imploded and everything went wrong. Uh, Kinagawa, because it is only two hours north of Tokyo... Lots of uh, companies used to have their holiday trips there, right? And so lots of hotels boomed during that time and the construction got way out of hand, as it did in a lot of Japan, to be fair. Uh, and I don't know what it is about this specific part of Kinagawa, but there's a section where there's not one or two hotels that are abandoned, but five big sprawling hotels. I think they're all separate companies as well. They're all abandoned. And in the opening shot of the second episode... You can see me standing on this rusty, rickety bridge, which I wasn't faking. I was very tight, like very nervous crossing that damn bridge. Uh, you get the most amazing view of this river and these sort of empty, collapsing buildings. And uh, yeah, but other than that, Kinagawa was very nice. And it's sort of like one downside to doing a relentless series, driving on the road, 2,000 kilometers, 21 days, is you go through the most amazing locations. Uh, and you kind of go, oh, damn, I wish I could stay here longer. It happened again today uh, at another hot onsen hot spring town as well. But, um, yeah, Kinagawa, if you get the chance, definitely check it out. And we had a few comments, I noticed, where people sort of said, oh, I stayed there literally just last week on my trip to Nikkor. Um, so that was cool. But uh, it was really refreshing and fun having Natsuki join, uh, and we did admittedly not have the greatest episode. We had two things to do. We went to Ochijuku, the samurai town, it was all shut. It looked very depressing. And the second thing was to try and find a celebrity, which we didn't really do. I mean, we found the idea of a celebrity. We found the 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 home of a celebrity, but we didn't really encounter a celebrity per se. And I'm, of course, talking about the cat with the hat on. Yet another cat train station master. Uh, I can't remember the name. It wasn't, uh, I think it was like Love or something. Can't remember the name of the cat, but it wasn't there. And this was uh, uh, Cat Station Master. So uh, years ago, the town of uh, the the prefecture of Wakayama, uh, train station shut. But then a local there realised if you take a stray cat, put a hat on the cat, and then sort of leave the cat there, people will come and see the cat. And what happened to this station was everyone came to it, and this obscure kind of station and train line in Wakayama that were closing down, actually, uh, with like no service, suddenly became like the biggest hotspot uh, outside of Osaka in that area. 
And it, it generated like $10, $50 million for the local economy, just tourists coming to the station. It became such a big deal that a lot of train stations throughout Japan emulated this incredible model of putting a cat in a hat and having them sit there. And this town, just south of Aizuwakamatsu and Fukushima, had done the same thing. Uh, we got there, the cat had its day off, so that was good. What a shame. Although I think we looked on the website and it, it was supposed to be working that day, so slacking off that cat. Uh, but really surreal that just the idea of a cat in a hat brings people over. Uh, clearly it worked because Natsuki and I deviated and we, we made our journey there as well. Didn't see the cat, but we got to film with a teddy bear instead. So that's the next best thing. Uh, after that, though, uh, the video that's coming out today, the time that I'm recording this, is about uh, the ramen shop town or the ramen town of Kitakata in North Fukushima, where it have, they have more ramen shops per capita than anywhere else in Japan. I think the population is about 35,000 people. And there's over 100 ramen shops in this town. And it uh, it was really nice. We've shot about five videos so far, but this one I think is my favorite we've done, perhaps. It's a simple video. We got a challenge from a viewer to go and eat, uh, I think, ramen three times in one day for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And luckily, this town of Kitakata, they have this culture where they love ramen so much, they have it. For breakfast, it's literally called asara, like asaramen, morning ramen. Um, so we got there and had ramen for breakfast. We had ramen for lunch and we had ramen for dinner. By the end of the day, and still now, several days later, my body just feels really salty and unpleasant. So I don't recommend having ramen uh, that many times in one day. It shouldn't take a nutritional specialist to to work that one out. But uh, I was a bit, I was a bit mean to Natsuki. I was a bit uh, evil. Uh, Natsuki chose the second ramen shop and it was this it was a ramen shop called Jiro Ramen and this ramen shop's famous for this Jiro style Jiro basically means lots of bean sprouts in the ramen and I'm not really a fan of it uh, but it's very popular particularly with younger folks uh, but we went there and I chose the ramen for me where they had wasabi in the ramen it was really good like never had that before genius idea Natsuki he was away at the bathroom I ordered him a spicy ramen and it wasn't any spicy ramen. It was comfortably the spiciest ramen I have ever seen or seen anyone attempt to eat. It was pure blood red when it came out, like like comedically blood red. It looked like somebody, the chef, had chopped their fingers off while they were preparing it, God forbid. Uh, and it might have tasted better if they had because it was so fucking spicy. I, I watched Natsuki take a sip. And this is a guy who we've thrown a lot of spicy food out over the years uh, in various ways. But he embraces it. He loves it. But this was the one time I saw Natsuki really, like, dead. Uh, and he went berserk. He went mental. And I thought, oh, this is great. Natsuki's playing it up for camera. This is fantastic. This is exactly what we need. And then, it, so I sheepishly, stupidly rather, got, like, a spoon, dipped it in the bowl and took a small sip. And it hit my tongue immediately. Like, I haven't had a spicy food in a while. But this was ridiculous. And I think I got a chilli with it, with the soup. Because for the next 40 minutes, my mouth was perpetually on fire. Like I'd stuck some battery acid in my mouth. It was so bad. And to the point that it was so spicy, there was no actual flavour within the ramen. Like you couldn't taste anything. It was just pain and suffering. But Natsuki, he kept trying. He kept going. I knew he wasn't going wasn't gonna to be able to finish it. And he didn't. 
but he got he got a lot further in than I would uh, than I would have and most people would have I think so well done Natsuki and then the third ramen shop was actually a nice one it was just a ramen shop doing chicken broth ramen so that was good and Natsuki was uh, delighted to eat something that didn't incinerate his entire mouth after that though it was time to say goodbye to Natsuki and uh, just before catching up with Ryotaro today uh, I did do an episode in the Fukushima exclusion zone area around the reactor in the towns of Namir, Futaba and Tomioka, places I haven't been since I think 2019 now. And there's been a lot of changes in that neck of the woods, uh, positive changes, I think. Lots of people are returning to live there uh, in the areas that have been sort of cleaned uh, and sort of cleaned up and decontaminated and whatnot. And of course, you know, we did have a Geiger counter it, it is a bit of a cliche to walk around with a Geiger counter on camera somewhere like that. But I think you kind of want to do a little bit for your own peace of mind, but also mainly out of curiosity to see what the, the figures were. And the figures were very good. For most of the uh, exclusion zone, most of the decontaminated areas, the, the number on the Geiger counter, I think it was uh, 0.13 microsieverts, which is about the same as Tokyo. Uh, and actually, I think lower than London. So... Not so good for London, but we did go through one patch, one patch of the mountainside where it did creep up quite, like, quite worryingly fast. You suddenly see the Geiger counter going beep 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 beep, and it went from like point one to point two to point five to point eight, and it it topped out I think at three microsieverts, which is still perfectly harmless, perfectly fine. Uh, but you know, there's still a lot of work to do, and I think they've only decon- decontaminated. 20 to 30 percent of what they have planned even you know 10 11 years later uh the the cleanup is still very much in full swing but we were able to interview um some amazing people uh yokiyama san a girl who uh tragically lost some of her family in the tsunami uh but was very lucky to be at ukedo school and if you remember if you've seen the previous documentary we go to this place called ukedo this school and a town and the town was completely wiped off the map. Uh, it was right by the coast. There was like no barrier really between the village and the sea. And uh, uh, yeah, the town unfortunately was was severely destroyed. Uh, but the school, all the students survived because the staff took proactive action. They got the students away from the school. And I think they also got a little bit lucky. There was a truck passing and nearly all the students in the school were able to get on the back of the truck and they drove off in the nick of time and escaped the waves, the waves that were something crazy like 10 or 15 metres high. Maybe not that high, maybe 15 feet high, sorry. Um, so, yeah, really inspirational kind of just chatting with uh, Yokoyama-san. And we also met a guy called uh, Takahashi Daiju, who's a guy who's a former politician who's moved to the area to try and uh, find ways to sort of recover it. It was really interesting kind of talking to an entrepreneur who'd moved there proactively to try and make a positive difference. Um, Some really interesting characters uh, moving to the exclusion zone. So that was a really, it was a really important episode for me to go back and cover that because I think the aim of Journey Across Japan is to show you guys every corner of Tohoku and it would have been remiss of me to miss out the place that is talked about the most, albeit for all the wrong reasons, right? Um, so it was really important to go back there. And obviously, it's not like a normal Journey Across Japan episode. We don't have the theme tune. We don't have challenges or anything like that. Uh, it's kind of like a mini kind of documentary-style video. So, uh, And also, 
because it is a documentary style episode, uh, it will be taking an extra day to put that out. So while we're trying to get out the videos daily, of course, there will be a gap in between there for about an extra day uh, for that episode. So if you're wondering why there's no video the day after tomorrow or tomorrow, that is why. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always dive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. Uh, and then today... Uh, I got to meet out. With, I got to hang out with uh, Riotro. I got to meet out. Oh my god! Got to hang out <laughs> with Riotro for the first time since I think like March or April, since Natsuki uh, shot him with a sniper rifle, uh, and it was really cool seeing Riotro. We went to a snack bar where we got to meet a geisha girl, um, lovely girl, working there, dressed as a geisha. And of course, I think when you think geisha, you think oh Kyoto, yeah, but there are places in Japan towns where you can meet Geiko. Um, I guess technically Geiko, Geisha, there is a subtle difference. Geisha are a lot more sort of high-end uh, and are in Kyoto and Geiko a sort of Geisha in training or, or sort of more, I don't know how to phrase it really. I suppose Geisha are like, yeah, Geisha are the high-end ones, Geiko kind of more kind of casual. Um, but she looked amazing. The dress and everything looked incredible. And uh, it was nice to go to a snack bar as well, something we've never 
filmed at or covered on a bar in Japan. Now, obviously, it's quite tricky filming in a snack bar or a hostess club. And there are differences. Hostess clubs are where the clients are actively trying to destroy your credit card and take all your money. Whereas snack bars are a bit more laid back, right? Snack bars, it's more like a Japanese-style pub where there are ladies around helping to, I don't know, chat with you, chat, pour your drinks, light your cigarettes. Uh, and very common and popular, especially in the countryside where there's not much else to do apart from snack bars and pachinko. Uh, and so Ryotaro had a friend uh, who very kindly let us into these snack bars and sort of escorted us through a few of his regular bars. And um, yeah, no, it was really interesting chatting and, uh, and sort of talking to her. I remember when I was in Kyoto back in March this year when we opened the bar, we actually met a geisha girl, Sharla uh, and I, in a in a kind of like a, I guess like another snack bar there, uh, guided by uh, a local Kyoto friend. And we met this geisha and... I was like, you know, do you enjoy this? Is it cool? Is it, you know, is it fun? And she was like, no, not really. And it kind of like threw me off. Uh, the girl we met yesterday in the video, she was really nice and she loved what she did. The girl in Kyoto didn't sugarcoat her disdain for the job of being a geisha girl um, because there are long hours, lots of pouring drinks, lots of entertaining people. And uh, yeah, I was quite thrown off. I kind of felt sorry for her. There's a sense that even though she was like 21, 22, she regretted some of the decisions she had made. Um, shame we didn't catch that on camera. Would have been an interesting video. Um, but yeah, uh, the challenge also, actually, no, I don't want to spoil the challenge, but Ryota and I, suffice to say, uh, ended up in this really weird situation of having to catch an eel, a live eel, in a in a in a pool, like a little pool of eels and um, don't ever try and do that eels are very slippery and hard to catch and uh, as delicious as they are I yeah it was a bit weird seeing these like eels in a tank but that's going to be a cool video coming out after Fukushima uh, and we also did another video today where Ryota and I went to his new house he's just bought a countryside house Ryotaro's castle and we went there and had a look around. He gave us the grand tour. He naturally, he wants to show it off, of course. And uh, it is pretty good. He's got a spectacular bath with a real actual onsen pumping up from beneath the ground. So there's that to look forward to. But uh, I've got to head off now, though, guys. Got to help the editors with some videos. Finish this coffee. Uh, thank you for joining me on this kind of bizarre monologue podcast episode in a hotel room here uh, in Sendai. Uh, but I think... If you've seen Journey Across Japan, you've been watching it the last few episodes, you'll know that uh, it's intense. It's very intense. A lot of fun, though. And I'm really glad we're off to a solid start. But for now, guys, I'll see you in the next few days for a, a bit of a longer podcast episode with a special guest. I won't name who it is. Uh, but have a great few days, and uh, I'll see you then. Have a good one. Time to devour and drink this coffee. is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.